voice is fine. It's always okay. Okay, if you could just tell us a bit about your background, you can, you can start off with saying your name and give me a full history background about uh, on where you started, who you are, how you got into politics. Yeah, yeah my name is uh, Mbazima Shilowa. I grew up um, in Limpopo, in Olfansuk. My parents uh, were moved uh, there uh, around 1962. I was born in 1958. And then I went to school there and then came to Johannesburg to start working around 1979. And uh, I worked at different places, uh, hardware shops, um, you know, Anglo Alpha is now called as uh, Sam's uh, Cement uh, Kind Like uh, in the laboratory at uh, PSG Services, both cleaning and security company. And then, of course, I got involved with the trade unions around 1981 and then, you know, got involved through, through that with a number of trade unions, the General and Allied Workers Union later the Transport and General Workers Union, of which I was both secretary in the, um, at the local level and chairperson, and then later its, uh, its president. And then in 1991, I was um, elected into the COSATU executive as deputy general secretary. What was it like being in a union uh, pre-1990? Well, I mean, it was not uh, the greatest of times because unlike now when you've got organizational rights, then you had no organizational rights or no, uh, uh, at all. Uh, now you can simply go in, recruit people there, whereas before you had to wait outside the gate, speak to the people while they were there. The police could chase you away. Management could chase you away. And or workers themselves could be frightened of wanting to join trade unions. But of course, we, we persevered and then worked through that. I also got involved in um, politics, both in the ANC and later the South African Communist Party. And of course, when I was now in the leadership positions of COSATU, and the, I was also then involved fully uh, in the executives, both of the Communist Party and the, and the ANC elected into the... a bit about that feeling where you were between 1990 and 1994 the lead up to our first democratic elections what were you doing at that point in time what was the mood like what were you gearing up towards some of the things that we had to focus on in that period firstly was that uh, with the unbanning of the ANC and the communist party we had to help uh, re-establish its structures uh, inside the country Secondly, you had a lot of violence that was taking place in some of the factories around the Whitwater's Rand areas. I was staying in Dobsonville at that time. A number of uh, families living near the hostels had to be evacuated because some of the hostel dwellers would always come out there to attack people. At the same time, there were the negotiations 
on the on the constitutions that were taking place and you had to ensure not only that people are informed but from a cosato perspective we had to ensure that uh, the rights of workers the right to strike collective bargaining um you know and so forth to health and safety are included there because for us it was very important to ensure that um democracy means more than the right to vote every couple of years that's why i mean i sit now and marvel at people talking about the property clause in the constitution that it should or should not have been there that if there it needs to be reworked out when in fact in 1992 1993 1994 and 19 up to 1996 when the final constitution was adopted cosatu was the lone voice saying that uh, the property clause will make it difficult if not impossible to deal with the issues of uh, of land reform and now everybody says uh, the same thing okay um let's just go back to the trade unions um and you've experienced being in the trade unions leading trade unions over the past maybe two dec- three decades um tell us a bit about what's what you feel is happening now and the mis and the mismanagement of that over the past two years in our democracy and from when you started and when 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 you were in um in trade unions you know uh, there is a difference between organizing under conditions of apartheid and colonialism and when there is a democracy when there is democracy you do have rights uh, you've got the right to organize collective bargaining and so forth you've got the right to strike yet at the same time because things are very easy there is also mobility of trade union uh, leaders you could uh, move from being a general secretary of Kosatu and be premier as uh, as I was you could have been like Jay Naidu went into into the cabinet and so forth you can also be able to some of the shop stewards go to management positions and I think managing how do you build a trade union movement how do you ensure that it has got capacity that it's able to focus on day-to-day issues bread and butter issues at the same time look at political issues and not itself get sucked up into uh, political issues so if you look at some of the problems that they have now some of them have got very little to do with the work of the trade union work but sometimes have to do with that you also have investment companies so being in leadership of the unions means also access to resources uh, you know you can live large now in those uh, positions before it was uh, it was not there and of course we didn't mind that we had members of the IFP of Inkata and some of them um, may well have been involved in the killings that I was talking about that there were members of uh, other political parties our focus was to say you unite the um, the workplace and individually Obviously, you mobilize them for your political party and ideology, but that's not really what put us together. And I think at the moment, it would appear that um, support of a political party becomes more paramount, which is why you find that the expulsion of Numsa from Kosato had less to do 
with uh, whether or not they were organizing in other sectors because other unions are doing the same as well. It had to do with them saying maybe we should consider breaking away from the alliance because they felt at that point that the ANC was losing direction. Okay. What did it mean for you then in the 1980s compared to the 1990s to be a trade unionist? Well, it, it, it was uh, something that one had to do because you, you are working on the shop floor. There is pay disparity between black and white workers. There is influx control. There are past laws that you really have to deal with, to, 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 to deal with. And even then, you're not really allowed to organize. You don't have uh, like stop orders like you do now. So, so it was important that if you really want to ensure you secure your rights, you get involved in trade unions, which is how we got involved. And then, of course, there was a feeling that um, it doesn't help each union working on its own. It does work if uh, most of these trade unions come together into one federation which is how COSATU was uh, was formed. There were some who didn't uh, want to come into COSATU. They found they they formed uh, NACTU, which in itself was not a problem because we could still work together. Especially when we're looking at the Labor Relations Act Amendment Act, both in 1987, 1988, as well 1989, and later in 1991. But the importance was more that you wanted to secure rights. Today, it's not about securing the rights. It's about ensuring that those rights are respected by both the state and the, um, and the companies. So what do you feel about the state of trade union today? Has it lost its relevance in our communities and society in Southern Africa? And how is there a place for it in the next 25 years of our democracy? You know, even uh, older democracies, whether they're the U.S., the U.K., uh, the trade unions remain uh, relevant. The point is, how do you ensure that uh, not only do they remain relevant, but that the issues that they are dealing with are issues that people are worried about? So, how do we ensure that young workers uh, come into the trade unions? I think it's a challenge which the unions at the moment have not been able to, to deal with, both when I was there uh, you know, leading up to when I left in 1999 up to now. What do you do with, um, you've got a new kind of uh, of workers. Before, it was big companies. Now it's small, uh, small companies. Before, there was no outsourcing. Now there is uh, outsourcing. How do you organize these people? You've got a lot of freelance uh, uh, workers. How do you bring them into the trade unions? Organizing uh, becomes more difficult because, like I was saying, it's not like you go into one big factory and organize everybody. You've got to try and understand, here is someone who is um, an independent worker. How do you bring them into work? Domestic workers, what do you do with them? I look at security workers today. Their difficulties are more or less the same as when I was in the industry around 19... 1988, 1989. So there are things there that uh, really need to work out. And of course, there's a, a problem of um, no, no unity. I know that even then we had uh, first 
two trade unions in the main, NACTU and uh, COSATU, and later with uh, FEDUSA. But now you also have um, uh, SAFTU and you have many others outside. Now, what for me is very important is not only that they are not unified, but also that they are not able to take one combined uh, action together. Okay. Let's go back to 1994. How did the elections change your life, your day-to-day life, in the past 25 years of democracy? Well, I think, you know, I would rather say have the people's lives in general changed over the past 25 years? Of course they have changed. And I can give you countless uh, examples. For instance, uh, just take ordinary ordinary workers. If you are working in um, public hospitals, you could not belong to trade unions. You could not uh, belong to pension uh, pension funds. They were able to do so. You can do the same with those who were in the post office, in the railway workers, uh, and all of that. That was a similar situation. Workers who were in the in the battle stands could not belong to trade unions. All of those things would have changed. Secondly, for many people, there was no electricity. And I think it's true to say that many rural areas and informal settlements have been uh, 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 electrified. You have a situation in which for pensioners, there was differentiation between black and white. Now you don't have those kind of things. So there are many things that you can be able to show. However, it's important to not allow that to cloud our understanding that there are still many people who don't have water, who don't have sanitation, who don't have electricity, who don't work, who are poor, and that inequality itself have uh, have grown. And the focus for me it's how do you consolidate what exists and yet still focus on what is going uh, on, on what is going forward and and it, and i hope that our political leaders are going to think beyond saying the same slogans no 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 we'll create a million jobs no 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 we'll ensure that um, you know there's a lot of uh, public works no we'll help people sweep the street that's not really it's not going to make the changes if all we're able to create is, say, I don't know, 250,000 jobs a year, when in fact the population itself is growing at, uh, at higher levels. If you look at Gauteng, um, it has more than doubled from when I was there as the, as the premier. There was about 8 um, million people. Now we're talking about 14 million people. All of them, it means that your, your housing provision becomes a moving target. So if you think the state will provide housing, you're never going to be able to succeed. You've got to look at how do we combine social housing? How do we ensure that you give people um, land in which, with service stands in which they themselves can be able to build onto those issues? How do you encourage rental and how do you build uh, upwards is one example of what we can be able to, to look at. Secondly, to think that uh, everybody will get employed 
in a company. It's not going to work. So you've got to also encourage small, medium enterprises and individuals doing some work, yes. Okay. You spoke on change. Um, and your position is, uh, was the premier, being the premier of Gauteng. What do you think needs to change at local and provincial level? Because a lot of the time, service delivery uh, issues, um, issues around um, uh, community safety, a lot of issues just within the Gauteng and Johannesburg region, and it all stems from uh, the non-function or the malfunction, rather, of local government or provincial government. What, what is amiss currently in Johannesburg for the, in that? I think that uh, what we need to be able to, to focus on is what are the things which there are powers that were given to local government in 1995, which maybe, with hindsight, don't belong there. There are powers that provinces have uh, that they were given then that maybe with hindsight they shouldn't be having. There are powers that provinces were not given or local government was not given, which with hindsight they should be having. So, for instance, in my view, I think local government should focus first and foremost on basic services to ensure that there are issues of basic services. Secondly, to focus on issues of, um, of safety and security at a, local, uh, at a local level. Thirdly, to look at issues of uh, enforcement of bylaws. But if you are a municipality in Gauteng, especially a metropolitan such as Ekuruleni, Tswane and Johannesburg, issues of economic growth, job creation, I think it's something that needs to be focused on. Similarly, with regard to provincial government, I think there's, there's a lot of focus, again, on service delivery and less on the need to coordinate the broader thinking. So while the three metropolitan may be controlled by different political parties, and it will always happen, but it is also possible to have a shared perspective of today, how do you... Or let me put it differently. I was saying to someone on, on, on Friday that I, I listened to the premiers in Gauteng, the Western Cape, KwaZulu-Natal, among others. Their focus is that they want to be better than the, than the next province in, Gauteng, in, in, uh, in South Africa. And my view is that it's going to take them nowhere. Gauteng cannot and should not compete with other provinces in South Africa. It should be competing with other uh, global city regions across the world because it's competing for skills. It's competing to bring new companies into Houting. So it's not about how do you get a company which is in Tongat to come to Johannesburg. No, it must be about if Coca-Cola wants to be able to have a plant in um, outside of Europe or outside of America, can we get it into into Houting? It's about if you are in the Western Cape, um, if there are people who are into shipbuilding, or you are in KwaZulu Natal, when companies want to find a space, how do you bring them there? But at the same time, look at how can you be able to work together between, for instance, Houting and Durban. 
by, de- by getting Gazin, the container depot, to be able to work so that when goods leave Johannesburg, you know that within a day or two, they'll be in Durban and they'll be dispatched and vice versa. That's what I think needs to be changed and to be thought about. Um, do you think that spatial planning during pre-1990 um, has led to a lot of our issues now in, at, 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 uh, at provincial level? And, and tell me your thoughts about uh, what's that? Or, or, yeah, just tell me your thoughts about spatial planning. Yeah, it has, uh, I mean, brought us to where we are. But it's also because, firstly, there are not enough resources. So land near where people live is very expensive. So what do we do? Instead of finding land around Victory Park and near these parks over here, we go and look at something somewhere in, uh, in, Zanse, in Zansprite. And, and which is why, forget about the polarizing debate on um, expropriation of land. The whole issue of how do you access land for social and economic development near where people live is very important. And to ensure that, to an extent that you are not able to buy it cheaply, you expropriate that for public good. That should be possible to be done. So, 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 so we have followed in the main spatial development. We have tended to look at, okay, around lands, we must find some more space to be able to ensure that uh, Indians and their families can go to Zakaria Park and all of that. It's not going to work. So we're not creating new cities in which black, white, colored Indians are going to be moving together. So we are no more under apartheid, but the apartheid spatial development continues. Um, and that's in part not because of the planning. It's because of the prices of land in urban centers. Okay. Just going back to the last 25 years of democracy, mm-hmm. what does democracy mean to you? And do you think uh, for a young person, for a millennial voting now uh, in May, um, how should we practice our democracy? Because for some of us, it's just a word that was worked towards that we must uh, sort of acknowledge and apply. But the how-to of practicing a democracy is often left out of that narrative. So how should we go about that? I think uh, <coughs> democracy means that, uh, firstly, people must be able to participate in the running of, um, of their own affairs. So it's not just about voting, as will happen now in, a, in May. It's about, for instance, the issues of where development should be taking place in our own areas. What meetings are convened? You are not going to involve millenniums or get the millennials involved in trying to call meetings in a town hall. That's not their style. You've got to say, how do I link up with them in social media, in YouTube, and other areas? So, so, so I think our political parties, even though they speak industrial, fourth industrial revolution, even though they speak about the need to ensure that we engage in social media, but I think they're engaging in social media as if they are there to engage with people like me 
who are over 60. They are not saying, what are the issues that young people worry about? They worry about safety when they go to the schools. They worry about, you know what, uh, yes, my parents are working, but what is going to happen to the fees when I'm supposed to go to the university? And simply to say we'll help you through NASFAS is, 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 not, uh, is not reaching up to them. They need to be able to know that, look, um, what we now we always call the missing middle, we will be able to deal with those kind of issues and so forth. So, so yes, it's not that they are not involved. It's not that they don't think they should be involved. It's because we have not thought through how best to be able to involve them. Why not set up uh, WhatsApp groups? Um, not just for the elections. For all issues. I mean, where you are able to report, interact with a councillor, interact with a premier. Um, not have a premier or a president's account run by, uh, by other people. Because, I mean, when I look at uh, responses, I can tell if this is being written by a premier, a president, or somebody else, mm -hmm. you know. So, so, so it's important to try and find other means to be able to do that. But it's also important that they don't give up, because this is our their future. So when we don't focus on environment, when we don't deliver, uh, when we don't deal with the issues of coal and all of that, yes, they may say we are disillusioned. We're not going to vote. We're not going to get involved people will still be voted on to. Corruption will continue. And when their time comes to clean it, it will be so rotten that it will be very difficult. It will take, take them centuries to make the changes. It's the same now. The rot in which some of our institutions have gone into, it's not going to take uh, the next uh, five years to make those changes. And I think anybody saying to people out there, look, we are going to be able to ensure that we change the road over five years and it will no more be there. They're just lying. What is important is to ensure that there's punishment for the road. So in other words, you may not be able to stop people stealing, but if they steal and they get caught and they get punished, then people know that, look, you will be, you will get caught if you steal. Similarly, with uh, with crime in our country, it's not so much the crime; it's the violent nature of the crime, but also because people know we're not going to get caught. If I get caught, I'll ensure that the docket gets the, get lost, and or I'll be able to get a lenient uh, a sentence. If I don't get a lenient service sentence, even if I'm given 21 years, I'm likely to spend seven years and out on parole. So. Those things are things which they need to worry about and ensure that we focus on them. Okay. Just your closing remarks. What are your hopes for the next 25 years of democracy? For yourself, for your family, for South Africans generally? Yeah. I think really less about myself because, you know, I'm sort of like old enough. <laughs> but I think for me it's about hopefully in the next 25 years we won't be talking about land reform. We won't be talking about our economy growing at 1%. We won't be talking about porous uh, uh, borders. That we will be, at least at that time, be able to say we're creating jobs at a rate 
which is faster than uh, the rate of uh, of population uh, of population growth that there will be a, a small gap between rural and urban um, and urban settings that uh, while Houghton will remain a leading economic uh, area in which we are that it's uh, other provinces will be contributing more in terms of those issues that racism issues of gender misogyny is something which we will have been able to deal with thank you pleasure okay. thanks that's very good thank you um, let me find the i'm gonna find the news editor to come in okay okay okay, okay. So you I'll, I'll save it. Okay. No, 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 no. I need to save it to my folder as well. That's the thing. Oh.